1: I'm Corey Crenshaw, and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in, everybody. I I left a little pause there um, in honor of Richard, since he is not here today. He is um, doing NASCAR again, and in usual fashion that we have whenever Richie is gone for NASCAR, we have brought Scotty in to come up with some type of story of why Richie is gone, um, last time we said he got hit in the head with a, a beer bottle at NASCAR and he had a concussion. Um, what is it this time?
0: Well, I'm back again. I didn't think I'd ever be back on the show after I went on for a Oh month. yeah, that's
1: right. You you announced your retirement. I announced
0: my retirement. I got dragged back in. Um, they supplied me with a good amount of money, so I'm here. But yeah, actually fun little fact. Um when I first made made my debut on this show, it was because Richie was in NASCAR about like a year or so ago, 2 years ago. Yeah. Somewhere got around co- there. COVID
1: in there, yeah. And at that ago. time,
0: Richie got knocked out with a can. This time around, he wore a helmet to NASCAR <laughs> and so far he sounds okay. He's also he told me last night he's a Lakers fan. So I also saw the Coyotes last night, so that's partially why I get to bring my expertise after watching them. But then I met Richie at the casino. He lives right by it. And we're having a couple beverages at the bar, and that's kind of where all this picked up. And he also mentioned how he's a Lakers fan now because of the whole L.A. thing. So I might not be too far off from all this when I said last time he loves all LA teams.
1: Wait, he actually admitted to you that he's a Lakers fan I now? think
0: he was just trying to troll a little bit because I trolled him. Oh, but yeah, he
1: was probably joking. You, you probably know what? Not I that. took
0: him very seriously. And the reason why I say this is Richie was also trying to explain to me craps. And he told me there is a come line <laughs> on the table. Is, is that an actual thing? <laughs> he told me there's a come line on the table. And we all looked at him and we're like, Richie, this is getting out of hand.
1: I was not there last And he did look it, it up. So there
0: is a come line on the table. And there's also a pass line. Uh, I think you put money on the pass line. The come line, I don't but know. The, but,
1: but the come line is C-O-M-E, correct? Yes. That was okay. the
0: disappointing news. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So things got a little bit weird. <laughs> Weird
1: last <laughs> It was probably like the same reaction that I had when I went to Colorado for the first time and they have um they have uh like circle K's that are called come and goes and I was like, What is the name of that place? I don't think I've
0: ever seen that. Just...
1: Oh yes. It is an actual place in uh they're essentially like circle K's, uh Seven Elevens, that type of thing. So they're they're called uh come and go's. And they're um in uh in Colorado, I know for sure. I'm sure they're in other places, but um, and they're spelled K U M and go.
0: Oh, geez, that's way worse than <laughs> just, like the craps table. It was just C O M E because it's you, you know it probably Richie tried to explain craps to me. It, some of it registered. And The funny thing about Richie with craps too is. He doesn't even know the game. He just knows how to make money off the game, which I guess. Well,
1: yeah, I was gonna say you don't really need to know. But it was COME.
0: It wasn't Circle K. You know.
1: Yeah, but so that yeah, those are in uh, Colorado. You played um, against multiple college hockey teams in Colorado, and and you didn't know that. I didn't
0: even see one come or go.
1: (laughs) You definitely didn't see them come and go but um this
0: podcast has been off the rails but let's... which
1: is actually something that like we kind of talked about um when we were at the concert on uh Wednesday. So between a combination of going to uh an Angels and Airwaves concert on Wednesday and uh me getting blood drawn and having a kind of an adverse reaction to that on or donating blood on Thursday, um we didn't record um our second podcast last week. We apologize for that. It just uh, was not really capable of doing it. But during that concert, um, for those of you that know, Tom DeLonge is the lead singer of Angels and Airwaves. And um, he was the lead singer of Blink-182 previously. And I, midway through the concert, Richie and I turned to each other and we're like, this concert is the epitome of our podcast. Because the most entertaining part of the concert was Tom DeLonge's like. Kind
0: of bouncing back and forth with just random. Random
1: shit, stuff, random yeah. banter. And it and was that is so this entertaining. Yes, you're right. It is 100% the way that, that we like to roll. I mean,
0: we touched a lot. We touched gambling, all in NASCAR, a sh-
1: all in a short span. Was that
0: like five minutes? We just touched all
1: that? Not. why why you keep on talking about touching things god uh we are eight minutes in so yeah we have we've talked eight minutes about apparently touching things
0: i mean this this podcast can bounce back and forth so i'm glad i could be a part of it
1: well i'm i'm glad that you could uh come on the show with us today now i feel like every time i say the word come i'm just going to be bothered um, we'll to give get out a
0: prize to whoever gets out. How many times the word come was used during this podcast? <laughs> They'll get a free like sport with core merch or something.
1: It's something uh, that's for sure. I'm actually wearing my uh, Welcome Back Sporty Nation shirt.
0: Yeah, go check I... it out on the the store. I don't even know the website. Yeah,
1: well, there. it's it's on our um, it's on all of our socials. It's on our um, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, and all of that. But to get this out of the way, you know, before we start getting into actual hockey talk, since we had brought up some stuff about gambling, we have to talk about DraftKings. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one time clapper or a depth deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty and empty handed. Everyone can play for everyone can play for huge cash prizes as long season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving All new customers, a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Richie does that so fast. I would like to point out, it sounds almost as if he's like an auctioneer because of how quickly he's able to read that and I was trying to speed myself up, and the, the quicker I was trying to speed myself up, the more I started getting blurry on reading it, and I just said, screw it. Because I just, I can't speak as fast as Richie. But that's, I also can't walk as fast as Richie, good. so... I mean, yeah, that's true, too. Richie does a lot of things fast.
0: Um, speaking of DraftKings, Kings, he was actually showing me his bets last night. He kind of would have been on the lose streak. And you want, Actually, you know, this is great. This is a perfect transition. He bet on the Coyotes to lose... Um, he had the Kraken with a spread, uh, you know, minus one and a half. And, you know, what? I think, Richie, being a podcast for the Coyotes, you know what? I usually say bet against the Coyotes because, you know, they're going for the tank. But I don't know, Richie. A little fishy. You're betting against your own show. And it came back to buy you. Nas.
1: We actually talked about that in the last podcast.
0: Oh, you know Do what? I didn't you didn't mention are that. Are
1: you allowed to bet against your own team?
0: Yes. Because the Coyotes, usually you can bet that they're going to lose. the The h- toughest part of the Coyotes now is they made the odds. You know they've adjusted the odds because of how bad they've been. So you're really only going to make money if you predict they're going to lose and like over five and a half goals or something like that, which makes it a lot more a little bit harder. But if you're betting the betting the spread, usually you know one and a half is pretty good that most teams are going to cover. Personally, I don't think the Kraken are that good of a team, but I could still be, see them being the Coyotes. I mean, again, I was at the game, good friend Dominic, shout out Dominic, I should call Dominic, put him on speaker. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were at the game and Kraken scored two goals within the first 58 seconds. Right then and there, should have bet the the live bet, probably would have shot up for the Coyotes, but it surprised me. And it's kind of interesting, you know, we can talk about this, that the Kraken really do not look as good of a team. And I know they're kind of playing for the future here, but it blows my mind what Vegas did now. And now that I'm seeing, I can compare to expa- expansion drafts. Um, Vegas did a crazy good job. And Kraken obviously are playing for the future, but it, it, it was opened my eyes last night.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, there's immense amount of uh, strategy, but also luck that went into that. The chances of that happening are just so are just so kind of, you know, like one in a thousand type of a situation. You know, they had to have the proper amount of players that were available at the time. Um they had to have a team that actually worked and meshed really well together because no matter what you're getting a bunch of guys and you're shoving them all together and having them all play together, it's not like a normal team where you add a few players in on the outside, you know, but you still have a strong core. That was not something that they were able to do. It was, since it was that way, I think it's, you have to have a certain amount of guys that can mesh really well and be able to play well together. It's very unfortunate for them that they have been so close for so long. And, um, and the fact that, they really aren't getting to where they want to be, which is a Stanley cup champion. But uh, this season in particular, I think before this last game, I don't even know. I hadn't paid attention to theirs, but um, before this last game, there was some stats that were circling around Twitter about the fact that the Coyotes had more power play goals than the Knights do. So um, it, the Coyotes aren't the only team that struggles and struggles to That obviously the Knights have had a lot more success, but it is very interesting to see a, a team that is going to have initially hype as it is because of the fact that they're an expansion team, but them come out and be be struggling in their own right. And to be the first loss or uh, be the first team to lose against the Coyotes. And they were on a an 11 game losing streak. The only person I think that can probably feel this from a um, from a really deep down level is probably Wedgwood in the fact that he is the same person who snapped an 11 game losing streak for the also Arizona coyotes in the 2017-2018 season. Um, he wasn't even supposed to play last night, but as you said, two goals were scored within 59 seconds, and he was out, and Vimalka was out, and Wedgwood was in.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was... uh Vimalka. definitely did... He just wasn't prepared for the start of that game, and it was clear both goals shouldn't have went in, and it is what it is. I give... Um, Wedgwood a ton of credit. He just gets claimed off waivers not too long ago, starts in game and only gives up one goal or I guess two goals. Um but he was re- he looked really good. Like there were some crazy saves he made. He bailed them out uh when uh Seattle had a few power plays. He was the best penalty killer on the ice, which that's who you want to be. And it was it was a lot of fun to watch, you know. Obviously, I kind of recently root against guys just kind of lose because if they're going to tank, let's just get the best possible picks. But it was cool to see the team actually look, I guess, decent. This It's kind of tough to say because the Coyotes fundamentally still have a lot of breakdowns. And it's clear, even when I was at the game, there are just so many D-zone breakdowns and just turnovers that when they play average to good teams, they're going to get beat every time. The issue why the Coyotes didn't lose this game, because the Coyotes gave up four goals, was that Kraken made the exact same mistakes in their own D-zone along with turnovers.
1: Defensively, this game looked like trash on both ends. And that's that's the funniest part of it is it was an absolute trash uh, defensive game. I actually really wonder what the uh, over-under was on goals because that one would have been a a fun one to bet the over on and the fact that this game was played so bad defensively that – Given vimelka's the two goals in the beginning that were scored on vimelka he, he shouldn't have allowed them to be scored. But throughout a lot of this game, both goaltenders were being hung out to dry, just left and right.
0: And for the Coyotes, Coyotes are playing a rookie and a dude they just signed up waivers. If I'm Seattle, I'm concerned because you signed Grubauer to like a $5.5 million <laughs> contract per year, and he's giving you that performance. I mean, Grubauer just did not look good. He gave up just point blank shots and it just obviously some of the shots I wouldn't blame on him but there are a few goals that just he should have had for the amount of money they're paying him he should have had but for the Coyotes you know they're kind of working with a temporary roster for right now and you know it's they, they got to win a game is fun because they're you know I told my friend Dominic I was like all right the arena's probably gonna be empty the Coyotes are losing you know pretty bad of recently so it's gonna be pretty empty we get there it's pretty much a sellout in fairness. There's a decent amount of Seattle fans there, which took me by surprise, but I'd probably say about 40% of the building was Seattle fans, 30% and then 60, 65% were like coyote fans. So it was loud either t- when either team scored a goal, but like it was pretty packed. And like when the coyotes end up winning, like that place was like super loud and I and dumb. Like he looked over at me, like shocked. He's like, I thought this was going to be empty. I was like, I thought it was going to be too, but like there's a ton of coyote fans. Even Bill Armstrong said here uh, with Craig Morgan, he pretty much said you couldn't tell whether we were a last place team or a first place team, and we we really needed that from them. And I don't blame them. You know, when a team's struggling, it's nice when you have, you know, your city and state kind of has your back. Even though we know they're kind of tanking, at least the fans get to show them that we still support the team and the direction they're going.
1: Well, and it's nice. It was nice for the team themselves. You know, everyone's been talking about Lawson Kraus and his two goals over the past couple of days. And it it's nice to see because that is such a hard toll to be taken on these players because they know that they're supposed to be tanking. They know but it's not natural to be going out there and knowing that you're going to be losing every single night and thinking it's a good thing. You know, it was also Andre Turney's first ever NHL win as well so there was a lot of highlights to this and a lot of things that made this game so awesome and the fact that there probably were more fans there um that night because of the fact that they wanted to see the Seattle Kraken it's first chance they get to watch the Seattle Kraken and be able to, you know, you have to wonder how many of those fans are actually Seattle Kraken fans or how many people just bought the jersey because the jersey's dope looking. Um, I've thrown around the idea of doing that as well, um, you know, except paying for a wedding or something. But um, if I wasn't, I would probably buy one just for the fact that they look really cool. But it's something that I, I think people don't realize but needs to happen every so often that they can't keep going on a losing streak. This isn't going to start some type of winning streak for any reason. This is just a one-off game that gives everyone that feeling of actually being able to win for once. It gives a refreshing, a refreshing take for the players, coaches, and for fans. We all wanted to see them win at some point And so it's nice to be able to actually see them win. They didn't make it to the um, 15-game losing streak. That is the NHL record, which is nice because I just – I get tired of the Coyotes holding the worst NHL records. And it was awesome for fans that don't really watch the game. That was an interesting part about you going with Dom was the fact that um, Dom had gotten pretty into that game. Not all – not any NHL game is really – as high scoring, but he was able to really get into that one.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I was actually beginning the game, explained the rules to Dom about like offsides, and I, he was a little bit confused about icing, which I totally understand. um But I explained the rules to him, and he was kind of like on edge a little bit in the beginning. You know, of course, guys gave up those goals. He's like, Oh, this sucks. But then as the game went on, and he realized how exciting it was. And I even told him in the beginning, I was like, Hey, the thing with hockey is, you take your eye off the play for a second and something like crazy can happen, fun, exciting can happen. And the exact same thing happened when the Kraken tied it uh, to make it 4-4 with a minute left. You know, he went on his phone just to check something. And literally like 20 seconds later, like Coyotes quickly scored and everyone's jumping out excited. And he, he like looked at me. He's like, oh my God. He's like, it did happen. And I told you I was like, exactly. Like, Hockey is that fun sport where it's it has those moments where it can be a little boring, almost like a soccer-esque when both teams are being, like, tactical. But mm-hmm. it also has those moments where it can, like, flip like that and just, like, goals, like, within 30 seconds and it's exciting and fun.
1: I, I would say something that is a lot more different with hockey than with soccer is um, there's almost, like, a floodgate you can open with hockey as soon as um, – both teams can play a very defensive game until you get to a point where someone needs to score and then they start making errors and they start really pushing forward. And that kind of opens the floodgates to a nice solid back and forth, back and forth towards the end of games. But sometimes you're, you're correct. It's very boring through the first couple.
0: It just depends who you're playing because yeah. the Coyotes and Kraken, as like we said, their defense wasn't that hot. Oh, God now no. if, if you look back to like the blue jackets when Tortorella was there, they just played a boring game 2011 Dave Tippett coyotes played a boring game and what I mean by that is they sit back in like a one two two and they just play to just hopefully make you make a mistake and then make sure they don't give up a ton of goals hockey can be boring like that it it just is what it is but you have games like this where it's a blast and both teams are going the defense maybe not that good but it's exciting
1: yeah and that's I think that's one of the things that draws fans in, and the fact that hockey is such an exciting game in general, and this was a great one for new fans to be at, and I'm sure there was a few of them because of the fact that...
0: Well, I mean, Seattle, there could have been a ton of new fans at this game because there could have just been a bunch of people, because there's a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans, NFL for anyone, wondering... So I was wondering, I was trying to Dom about that too. I was like, I wonder if a lot of these fans are like Seahawks fans that are like Seattle and they're like, oh.
1: I don't know. I'm going to need to, uh, my best friend from high school, I'm going to need to reach out to her parents, see if they are deciding <laughs> to follow any uh, hockey. Massive uh, Seahawks fans were uh, are from Seattle. I'm, I need to see what the vibe is from people who are Arizona um residents but are um seattle natives and how they feel on that because that is an interesting uh this is the first time that they would even really venture into caring about it if they really only care about their hometown uh seattle that's what i'm teams. saying there had
0: been a lot of maybe not first nhl fans but at least new fans because there was a ton of seattle kraken fans there maybe some of them came from seattle you know maybe they're doing like trips but a lot of them seemed more local and it'd be interesting, like you said, to kind of see how that tied into it. Unfortunately, they lost, say, like, Coyotes, which is
1: pretty embarrassing, but... It would be interesting to know how many of them, too, um, traveled down here because of the fact that I'm sure tickets for cracking games are relatively expensive. I think the
0: first game, the average price was like $600, which is cool and I'm going to go on a mini rant. Their pregame show needs to get bolstered a little bit. You have a Kraken. I need sea shanties. I need pirates. I need Jack Sparrow. I need something like in the pregame show to get the people pumped. I think that's my issue with the NHL is I think obviously the on ice product, but like you got to make it fun and entertaining. Like, do, like Vegas is, as much as I dislike Vegas, they are the epitome of giving people a show. Like, the pregame show is fun. When Jack Eichel got signed and he pulled up to, like, the hotel, they had a whole, like, their Vegas band and, like, everyone going off. I'm like, they put on a show and it, like, attracts fans.
1: I will say it is difficult to do something at the level of Vegas. You have actors there. You have uh, musicians, um, magicians. You have basically everything. You have, like, how, where can you find... pulling
0: rabbits out of hats the whole time. Like, before the game, is this your rabbit?
1: <laughs> uh, who knows, Scotty? Really, they have so many options. Yeah, but Seattle has... They have fucking has, Cirque du Soleil there. Seattle has
0: Jeff Bezos.
1: Okay, so what, they can throw Amazon <laughs> gift cards? I don't people? know.
0: They can do a good pregame show.
1: They can launch people into space? What are you... What are you asking? That would
0: be cool. Before every game, they launch someone into space. They launch
1: someone into space. They have a live feed of them launching someone into space. And they get, like, the crack in
0: your hand going in space. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I'm just saying the NHL has had a hard time attracting fans, and the NBA is really good at it. And I think it's a lot to, you know, when it comes to the atmosphere, the promotions, and just making it – like, Coyotes aren't good – but if they made a really good show out of it, even though they're losing, they may get people who are just like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in general, hockey is a fun sport to go see. Yeah. It's a very high-energy sport. It's never boring. Even if your team is losing, it's never really a boring game. But that's – I guess that's probably my own opinion on it. There might be other people's opinion on it, but um, – I don't know. I think give the Kraken a little bit of a break. I'll give them
0: a little slack. I'll even give the Coyotes credit. They had a nice little Squid Games reference a couple times. Like, when someone went into the box, they did it where, like, a players eliminated Squid Games. They had, like, that, which was cool. They did a little, like, Squid Game, like, theater thing where they, like, had some dude with the Seattle Kraken jersey, like, put on one of the Squid Game jackets. And then, like, one of the people, the pink people, came and, like, escorted him out. And
1: it was fun. I don't know. Yeah, that's what, it, they do do a lot of fun things there. And um, I, I genuinely like the evolution of, you know, the Coyotes. A lot of it has to do with arenas in general. You can do a lot more with. And being someone who has worked in, uh, you know, the, the game operations part of of a team I definitely know what goes into it. And I also know the capabilities of what you can and can't do. And it's funny because before the... Before the Golden Knights did their show on the ice, the idea of putting a video on the ice was um, such a big thing. And they would do them, you know... um, NCAA teams would do them and all that stuff. And it became something that was almost boring and overused because of the fact that so many people used it when it first came out. And even my old bosses would be like, oh, yeah, it's another thing on the ice. Vegas was the first one to actually have actors and be able to tie that into it and be able to do it. That takes a lot of coordination and it takes someone who is going to be on a show basis putting that together. I'm
0: just saying the sport is an entertainment just to entertain the people. I mean, you can promote players, which is good to an extent, but like just have a lot of things to just make the atmosphere fun, especially before, like people want to be jacked up before the game playing like a little minute video of guys stopping on the ice and posing for the camera is like cool, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm no, whined.
0: but it's- But I, I meant a deaf, but, um, we support both <laughs> blind and deaf, but um, I just I just wanted an entertaining show this,
1: all the this way show's around. Gone so From off the rails. There's probably so many people that are insulted by this podcast tonight, and I I'm I'm so sorry to all of you. No, they're not
0: insulted. I almost said salted, but um, that's all. Like like I said, you can promote players to an extent, but just make the game fun. In the Coyotes' sense, they don't really have a player to promote, I guess. I mean, they're, they don't have a good record. So it's hard to promote a player. Like last year it was Chickering,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and this year it's like, they can't, they, they don't have playoff aspirations to really like pump people up for. And then when it comes to players, there's really no one that who's doing good. You know, like I mentioned Chickering, and I guess we could tie this into our, what we wanted to talk about, but Chikrin was, what, a Norse candidate last year, and now he only has one point, I think one assist, and minus whatever. Like, is it concerning? Yes. You know, like, Coyotes obviously want to market a a player fans to be excited about, and Chikrin is that. But his production this year, I will admit, has been a little scary.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point, and I'm glad that we had that as one of the things that we want to talk about on the show because of the fact that it's honestly kind of unfortunate for Jacob Chicken himself. And the fact that it's not helping him uh, career wise, it's not looking very good for him. Statistically, obviously he has more of a season that he can, you know, kind of help himself out in that way, but no matter what he's going to be on a bad team that has bad defense and it, it's going to be very hard for him to come out looking good at the end of this. And it's going to be hard for any of those players to come out looking good after all of this. And yes, I won't, uh, I won't deny, you know, the whole plus minus whether people want to actually believe in it or not, but um, his Plus minus is going to be atrocious because the team sucks.
0: No, that that's a good point. So I did look it up. He has one assist. So one point this entire season, and he's a minus 20. You do make a good point, though. I didn't think about that. Like, they're on a bad team. So, of course, it's going to be negative. So I don't think fans should really panic about that. Is he? The points are a little concerning. But then at the same time, he did have people like OEL and Goligoski that kind of helped him out last year and would help bridge the gap. And he probably faced less um, top matchups too. OEL did face a lot of the top matchups, which gave Chikrin, you know, more opening. And that's kind of what Coyotes need is they're going to need someone to help take that pressure off them in the future as years go on.
1: Yeah. I, the other thing I kind of thought about in all of it too, is we we were kind of discussing before the show and talking about the fact that it's going to mess with his developmental aspect of his game. And, I, it goes back to it's such a big deal. It's a reason why we said so many players sh- shouldn't be up right now. They should be in the AHL where they can actually be challenged and actually be able to play good hockey for this reason. Because no matter what, it's going to be a hindrance on these players. They aren't going to be playing um, with players that they will be playing with in the future. They um, The team is not very good it's a morale killer and there is no one to really help you and nurture your development and the only thing that really it can do is is nurture your uh, mental toughness because it's a day-to-day struggle like i said this was a needed win from both on on the ice and off the ice perspective for fans and coaches and skaters so
0: I mean I'm glad you brought up the point about those players need to be in the NHL because they did just send Soderstrom down to Tucson which is where he kind of needs to be I, I I like Soderstrom's game a lot but as you mentioned like these guys just need good reps they need good power play reps they need and Hayton's another one of course they had to bring Hayton up not ideal. Eventually, they wanted to bring him up. That they definitely wanted him to start in the AHL to kind of get his feet going and get some good touches in. But of course, they had to bring him up because the injuries.
1: Yeah, and he's the one that needs development very, very badly. 100 percent. And so, not giving him those quality reps is, and he's someone that needs the confidence boost. He, they gave him a really great foundation to have great confidence going in, didn't really give the production that he needed to have. He was then brought down to the AHL where they kind of said, you know, get your shit together. And now he's back up on a team that sucks. And that is not going to be anything that's going to help morale when there's no one to help you help make you better. And in the AHL, they are going to help each other make each other better because of the fact that they are actually planning on winning games and are competing at the proper level and really getting those quality reps. In there is in no way in God's name will this be a beneficial thing for him.
0: No, I agree, and hopefully Tucson can get him some good reps. so I'm sure him really didn't look that bad. He obviously he's not ready, but you know. He needs to get some good reps. He needs to get some good reps. And like I said, Coyotes just need to build off this win. Hopefully, you know, they can build off a little bit, and it it will be interesting come the trade deadline. Okay, Phil Kessel. Speaking of the trade deadline, Phil Kessel had a good game. Their power play finally came alive. Speaking of their power play being better than Vegas Mm -hmm. in the game, their power play came alive. Kessel looked good. Um, Lawson Kraus obviously looked really good, which that is what Coyotes fans were we've been waiting for for years from Austin Krause
1: uh, yeah and they just wanted another excuse to mention his uh, adorable old dog Butterpig Krause so any <laughs> anything that can be
0: as true bringing up
1: Butterpig Ka- Butterpig Krause gosh it's kind of like a tongue it is a little bit of a tongue twister um is always loved by Coyotes fans so
0: yeah no it'll uh be interesting. Come closer to the trade deadline, but is happy to see those guys going, and it'll be interesting to see where Bill Armstrong goes moving forward with players like Phil Castle. Personally, for me, players like Schmaltz. I think Schmaltz is injured every season. It just Coyotes have a long way to go, but last night was very exciting, and it shows you that even though they're bad, it can still make some new fans.
1: Absolutely, and you know to close out the show I kind of wanted to bring this up to you because you were there last night and I I was not um how did you feel the energy in the arena was it similar to any previous season was it um
0: I think that's why uh I brought up Bill Armstrong's quote because it genuinely took me by surprise again Seattle was there so there was some buzz for that of course but for there to at least be 60% of the building filled with Coyotes fans shocked me. Just because they're 0-10-1, there's nothing cited. They're going through arena issues, and yet you still had the support from the fans, from the community. It just shows you hockey does just fine in Arizona. The exactly. issue is always the bureaucratic side of things when it comes to ownership, when it comes to coaching and when it comes to finding, you know, a new arena, possibly in Tempe, like that's where the the issue lies. And last night easily proved that there is plenty of people passionate about hockey, so passionate that they would go watch the Coyotes who are 0-10-1. So I think the future is definitely bright for the Coyotes. The interesting point will just be the arena issue and how that's going to, again, it's always the bureaucratic things. So it's gonna be interesting how that moves forward, but the passion was definitely still alive last night.
1: Good. That is really good to hear because, uh, you know, every time Richie and I go on any interview, that is the number one thing we always get asked is, uh, are the Coyotes going to stay here? Is it, of are there viable fans here? And the answer is yes, everyone. If this game shows you anything, that it shows that the Coyotes and hockey in general deserves to be in this state and that there is enough hockey fans here. Um, thank you, Scotty, for coming As on. As I say,
0: that's a perfect ending to end on.
1: I know. It, it was almost kind of beautiful. It almost brought a tear oh, to I my hate. eye. Yeah. Um, Thank you for coming on once again. We appreciate you. I appreciate you, of course. Um, and... Hopefully, we will be having Richie back next episode. You never know. There might be some other tragedy that strikes him. But... Well, he wore his
0: helmet this time around, so I'm really proud of Richie. Definitely turned this podcast upside down today, so that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I try to keep it fresh, try to keep everyone lively. We hit on so many topics, so I'm very proud. And I officially retire again from the podcast game. So,
1: All right, Brett Favre. We'll see if that works. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is pretty Brett Favre.
1: All right. Good night and good hockey, everybody.